listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. You know, I've actually said on a number of occasions, but I don't think I've said it on a Sunday. I honestly believe that what God has been doing over this last legacy month really is a defining moment for our church. I honestly believe it. Like when we had prayer and fasting nights at the start of the three weeks, I'm telling you, God was doing something on those nights that wasn't just about that night. I believe it was about what He was breaking open and what He was opening us into as a church, as a campus. I honestly believe that. The freedom that was there, come on, the sense of God's Spirit that was there. And I just knew it's really clearly. I was like, God said to me, He said, you are going to look back on 2018 and that is going to be the year you realize I accelerated and I took you guys to another level. You will look back on that time and that was the time where something shifted. There has been a greater level of confidence. There has been a greater level of authority in our worship. There has been a greater freedom. Come on, when it comes to the things of God, there's been a greater response and salvation. There's been a greater extension in our connect groups. There's been greater partnership with our community endeavors. There's been increased vision for what things we have in store. I'm telling you, this is a defining moment. I'm excited about it, and I pray that you don't feel like it's just a, a ranting, uh, you know, Craig on stage. But you, come on, you really know that this is us. Come on, together. God is leading us into something amazing, and we've, we've prayed, we've asked God, come on, we've, we've fasted, we've seeked after God, come on, we've given, come on, we've sacrificed and surrendered to God, and I believe, like um, Sam Michael put it a couple of weeks ago out of prayer, I mean, he goes, that's kind of like the spiritual trifecta. Uh, it's kind of like you're, you're accumulating those three things, and, and they actually move the hand of God in a powerful way. Uh, you know, oh, so you say you could buy a miracle. No, you can't buy a miracle. But if you could be obedient with the way God leads you, who knows? He's not leading you to decrease. He's leading you to increase. Come on. He wasn't wanting the rich reign ruler to have no money. No, he was wanting him to get to a place of a greater extension and ability to actually, I think he should have been, I think he was planned to be the 13th disciple. I think God had a massive leading on his life had he been willing to entrust his heart to God. But because he couldn't get the, what was in his hand out of his heart, then he couldn't get his heart. <laughs> and God leads us at times. He leads us in ways where he asks us of something and he will not manipulate us, nor will he force us, but he asks us of something. And then it's our opportunity, whether we step into that and follow his leading or whether we say that sacrifice is too much. You're asking too much and we stay where we are. There's no obligation. God doesn't manipulate us. He doesn't force us, but He presents opportunities for us, does He not? He speaks to us and He says, come on, I want you to do this. I want you to trust me in this area, but it's up to me whether I step into that place that God's calling me to and I put myself in a place where it's out of my ability and it's a little bit out of my control and I've really got to surrender and actually trust the character of God. Come on, trust that He's good. Trust that He has a plan and a purpose in this that's not to harm me, come on, but for a hope and a future. Come on, but whether I step into it is not up to God and His plan. It's actually up to me and my willingness to surrender and take a step that will probably cost me something. This is the way the Bible puts it. Romans 12, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's amazing because it doesn't say, in view of God's mercy, you must offer your bodies. He says, no, no, no. He says, just to offer. To offer something is your choice. It's, it's you get to choose over that. There's no, there's no have to there. It's you get to, to offer something is to offer it. 
He doesn't take it. No, you, you offer it, right? And so it's my choice to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I believe that word sacrifice isn't so much of what he's wanting to strip away from you, but I do believe that if we're going to live this life of faith and this, this ability for God to lead us, it has to cost us something. Come on, for us to have a relationship with God, it costs him everything. Cost him his son Jesus, that we would have that connection in the first place. So who knows that for us to live in the fullness of God, it's got to cost us something. Come on, it's got to cost me my understanding. It's got to cost me my comfort. It's got to cost me the, the, the material things that I would like to. I want to have that and that, and then I also want everything you've got. You know, like I want to follow my will and also have your way. You know, like it's, it's got to be something in us. There's a living sacrifice that says, you know what, I'm okay with laying me down and following what you have in store. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is, this is cool. This is your true and proper worship. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Come on, His good pleasing and perfect will. So you're saying that if I live in this way where it costs me something to, and I follow in full obedience, full response, full surrender to Jesus, you're telling me that I have the, then the ability to be able to step into his good, perfect, and pleasing will. Absolutely. But unless I do step into that, unless I do offer up something that costs me something to be able to deny me and live for him, who knows, I am actually never going to really full, fulfill or step into his perfect pleasing and good will for my life. Does that make sense? But the thing is, is that we often look at sacrifice as a loss. Come on, we, all, we often look at sacrifice as a loss. Come on, am I right? When someone says sacrifice that, you're like, oh, what am I going to lose? Like we, we honestly, we think we're going to lose it. He goes, what? You're asking me to give 10 grand? Man, I'm, I'm going to lose my holiday. I'm going to lose that, that car that I want to buy. I'm going to lose the house deposit. I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. Who knows? God's not wanting to take and strip anything from you. He's actually wanting to lead you into more. Come on, he's wanting to lead you into more. I love what Rita wrote and, and gave to me through the legacy season. She said, the reward of saying yes to the things of God is far better than the regret of saying no. Come on, how many times have, has God prompted us and led us and we ended up saying no? You know, how many, I mean, for me, I know that God's asked me in a way and I've got a passion to, to believe for miracles in people's bodies. I see people who are sick all the time. And now, not every opportunity or moment I feel like God says pray for them, but there's many times where God says, come on, would you ask them if they'd like some prayer? The regret of saying no in those situations is far more awkward, come on, far more awkward, far more, ugh, than it would have been for me to talk to a stranger and say, hey, I know this may say, sound a little bit odd and it might sound a little bit left field, but I noticed that you're limping. I don't know what happened, but would you mind if I prayed for you? That, that kind of puts you out there on a limb, but who knows when God leads you to do that? Come on, you're now living in a place of faith. Come on, you're living beyond your own ability and you're like now trusting God in a way that's like, oh, you know? But to say no and keep walking feels way worse than any denial I've ever had. Any moment where I laid hands and I had crutches and I was like, in Jesus' name, be healed. You don't need your crutches anymore. Just get up and walk. And they're like, ah. I was like, oh, you know, like, you're like, <laughs> no, like, I can tell you that that feeling doesn't feel anything like the feeling inside you when God says, why didn't you trust me? 
I just wanted to lead you into a place of greater expectation and a greater experience of my provision in your life. Why didn't you trust me? <laughs> in fact, could I put it like this? Um, we think because of what God is asking of us, that to align to that, we are sacrificing a lot. But I believe we are sacrificing so much more by not aligning and responding to what God is leading. We think, oh, it's going to sacrifice me so much. But actually, to not fulfill it, you are sacrificing more on the other side than you realize. Had Abraham not gone and sacrificed his son Isaac, he would never become the father of many nations. Oh, the, the, to sacrifice your son, yes, Yes, I'm with you. That is out of control. <laughs> but had he not done it, who knows? He would not have been the inheritor and the father of, of many nations. He, Isaac would never have been, come on, who Isaac was. He would have never had Jacob and Esau and he never would have gone on. And who knows that they are in the lineage of Jesus. Who knows? Everything would have been messed up. And we go, oh, that's too much to sacrifice. Who knows that God's not wanting to rob the gift that he's given you. He's wanting to make sure that the gift he's given you hasn't got you. Come on, the gift giver is still the one who's the priority in your heart. And so he's in this place. He's going, come on, stop seeing what I'm asking of you as the greater sacrifice. The greater sacrifice is when we do not step into it and therefore we forfeit what God wants to lead us into on the other side. Had Pastor Paul and Marie not said yes in Australia 27 years ago to come here, Come on, it's a sacrifice. Three kids under five moving to New Zealand. Yeah, it's a sacrifice. But man, had they not, come on, where would we be? Where would I be? I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't be where I am. So the greatest sacrifice is not them moving as a family to New Zealand. The greatest sacrifice would have been that they said no and stayed in the comfort of what they saw and knew. And all of us wouldn't be sitting here today. Come on, have we, have we thought about the... The, you know, the greatest sacrifice, come on, wow, what a huge sacrifice, Esther going before the king. Come on, that she could have her head cut off. What a huge call. What a massive moment. What a sacrifice. No, had she not done that, all the Jews would have been executed. We look at that one moment like, oh, that's massive. Actually, what's massive is if she hadn't have done that, the sacrifice on the other side would have been huge. The sacrifice of doing what God asks is always cheaper than what we sacrifice if we don't. When we don't respond, we are sacrificing so much more. The real sacrifice is the fruitlessness due to our faithlessness. But if we could be faithful, then who knows, there's going to be fruit on the other side and it's not there to strip away but it's there to lead us to more. The thing with sacrifice, I think, is actually a position of surrender. And surrendering is, is really a sense of being obedient. We don't really kind of like that word too much this day and age, but I think it really needs to come back. <laughs> I'm teaching our kids pretty clearly at the moment that obedience is paramount. It doesn't, our home doesn't function well when there's not obedience to the Father's voice. It doesn't work out well for them. I'm just putting it very clear. It doesn't work out well for us when we're not obedient. Does that make sense? Like, there's so much I want to release my kids into. But if they're not going to do what they're told, who knows they're not going to get the reward on the other side. Come on, God's got so much He wants to lead us into. So much. 
But if we're not willing to be obedient, then who knows? We're not going to get what's on the other side of what God so desperately as a good father wants to pour into our lives. You see, um, the thing is, is that obedience is actually in the Bible credited as love. It's, it's love. So obedience, I don't do this because I have to be obedient. I do this because I love you, Lord. Now, I, I, I do this. I give it legacy because I love you. Like I respond to what you put in my heart with joy because I just straight love you. Man, the, the opportunity like the, to, to move to here to Melbourne, yeah, massive call. But I do it like, because God, I love you. <laughs> like, I, I love you. I love you more than the comfort of being in where I am. I love you more than the house I just bought a week ago, which was a miracle. Like, seriously, God, can we not just enjoy it for a little bit longer? Like, I love you more than what I can see with my own understanding. I love you more than staying in my own ability. God, I, lo- I love you. Like, I, I love you, so I want to be obedient. And so I want to follow you like... You're asking me to follow you. Because I've understood, and, and we learn this, that he is good. Re- he is good regardless of what the situation may look like to me. And when we align with what God has asked of us, and obedience isn't so much about the cost or an act of sacrifice. It's actually more about an act of worship. Who knows? It goes from about what I'm giving and what I'm having to go without or the, or the position of of. of of unfamiliar that I'm stepping into, and it more goes into this place of just God. I just want to. I just want to do what you ask, God. I mean, I'm, I haven't got. I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm not looking at what I'm going without. I'm just looking at the fact that oh wow, this is exciting. I'm following you, God. What an honor to serve you. What an honor to have you speak to me, man. My, my goodness, that you would talk to me and want to lead me. This is unbelievable, Lord. What an honor to serve you. What an honor to worship you. What an honor to lead you. And that's what I love about Abraham. Abraham didn't actually look at what he, God had asked him as sacrifice. He takes Isaac, he gets a whole lot of wood, he gets some of his crew, they start taking off towards where God said he'd take them to. He gets to the place where God shows them, and then he says to his, his team, who had gone with him on the journey, he said, you guys stay here, we're going to worship. He didn't say, I'm going to go and sacrifice my son now. He said, we're going to go and worship. What an amazing perspective to have. Come on, if we could just grab that perspective in our lives. When God asks us into something that, come on, is going to cost us something, it's not so much about the sacrifice as it is about the opportunity. You know what? I'm going to make a decision. I'm about to worship. Come on, I'm about to worship. You know, he's asked me to forgive this person that hurt me. You know what? I'm about to step into some worship. Come on, he's he's just asked me to lay down this thing that I've been working so hard for at the moment. You know what? I'm not going to look at it as a loss. I'm going to look at it as a moment. I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to worship. Come on, I am going to follow a God who loves me and is speaking to me. And we find that Abraham's focus of worship was not so much on the cost, but come on, calling the one into it who was able to provide through it. Come on, so when we think of it as more of worship than it is sacrifice, who knows that when we worship, we draw God in. Come on, we lift and magnify God up. Come on, are you with me? And when we call on God and lift Him up, who knows, He enters into that situation. And so where we're thinking, oh my goodness, we're on our own in this, actually we're calling God in and we've got a God who's able to provide, come on, exceedingly abundantly above. So therefore, come on, what, you might look like, oh, I go without. No, no, there's a ram in the thicket that God's got ready. Come on, He's not looking to, de- to get it out of you. He's actually looking to provide in another way. That's what I love about worship. It brings God into what he's doing. Bring God's into where he's leading. Come on, he's not looking to take you to lack. He's looking to lead you into something more of who he is and and a deeper relationship, a deeper dependency on who he is. Come on, I don't want to be known as someone who lived a life of sacrifice. I want to be known as a worshiper. Come on, I want to be known as a worshiper. Come on, on the other side of our worship is his perfect will. 
Come on, let's be known as worshippers. Come on, let's, let's be a congregation. Come on, let's be a 5.30 service. Let's be a group of people. Let's be a group of friends. Let's be a group of, of, of faith-filled people in our workplaces and in our homes and in our schools. Let's be worshippers. Come on, let's just be people who are willing to go as God wants us to go. Be where He wants us to be. Come on, Hebrews 11 isn't talked about as, a, as the heroes of sacrifice. They're known as the heroes of faith. Come on, the heroes of faith. <laughs> So you're not getting it. That they're known as the, they sacrifice so much, but they're known as the heroes of faith. Come on, it's our faith that pleases God, not my comfort and my security. Come on, we've got to be faith-filled believers. Come on, we've got to be people of faith who are moving forward. Um, <laughs> have you ever thought, maybe team, come and join me. Have you ever thought and considered the fact that, um, that Jesus didn't have to? You think, oh, no, yeah, he did. No, you did, did you ever consider that he, he didn't have to? He didn't have to go to the cross. He didn't have to. He could have got up and walked out at any point. There's stories where they were going to throw him off the cliff, yet he walked straight through the crowd. So there was no lack of his ability to go wherever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Like, seriously, he didn't have to do that. But we have a Savior, come on, who came to earth who so loved God, his Father, that he surrendered his own will. Come on, not my will, Lord, in the garden. Come on, not my will. If there's any way, Lord, like, like God, seriously, if there's any way that you can take this cup, come on, that you can take this calling off my life, if there's any way where I don't have to go to this cross, if there is any way where I don't have to be someone who is, who's beaten to a pulp, come on, for the things I've never done, if there's any other way, please, would you do it? But God, not my will, but yours be done. Come on, we have a Savior who shows us what it is to be able to surrender. Come on, and to trust a loving God who on the other side, come on, what's the greatest sacrifice? Yes, now I'm not disqualifying. Come on, the sacrifice Jesus made for us was enormous. But what's the greatest sacrifice? What He did on that cross? Or possibly if He never went to the cross, the fact that none of us would know grace that none of us would have the story and the testimony of how we were broken and destitute. Come on, ruined from the inside out and yet a loving God met us right where we were, right in the valley of our despair and He came and His love poured out into His life and He said, come on, it's not over for you yet. Come on, you may at the end of yourself, but it's not the end. Come on, where you've come from is not where I've called you to. Come on, you realise that the sacrifice was huge, but the greatest sacrifice would have been if He never went. If he never went, where would you be? If he never went, where would I be? Because he loved God so much. He's willing to live a life that cost him something. Because he loved you so much. Because he loved me so much. He was willing to stay on that cross. To make a way so that we could have relationship with him. Don't you love it how the Bible puts it? Literally, the old be washed away. Come on, and you get a brand new, a brand new you. We think those nails held him to the cross. Those nails didn't hold him to the cross. Those nails didn't hold him to the cross. But his love for you and I did. His love for his heavenly father did. And because he was willing to go all the way, come on, he conquered death. He defeated the grave. He triumphed over sickness. Come on, death, where is your sting? 
For you are no longer the greatest name, nor the greatest impression, nor the greatest force, nor the greatest dictator. There is now a name that is far greater than those names. Come on, the name of depression no longer is the greatest name. The name of brokenness is no longer the greatest name. Why? Because we have a Saviour, come on, who so loved the world, that God, who would give His one and only Son, Jesus. And because of Jesus and what He did, come on, we have the ability now, the access to a love so great that it makes a way where the world would say there's no way. Oh, there's no way for them. No, there is a way. And His name is Jesus. Come on. And the fact of it is, is when we engage with Jesus and we engage with that name, the name of Jesus, come on, the greatest name of all. Who knows? Anxiety has to bow its knee. Depression has to bow its knee. Illness has to bow its knee. Disappointment needs to bow its knee. Come on. There's the reality of because of what God did, what Jesus followed through, there now is a name that is above every other name. His name is Jesus. Could I read the scripture real quickly and then we're going to have communion because come on, how grateful are we for a Savior? Come on, how grateful are you right now for a Savior Jesus? Philippians 2 puts it like this. Verse 6, it says, Jesus, who being the very nature God, He did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. Come on, this is God the Creator coming down and putting flesh and bone on to be like creation. He humbled Himself. Come on, there's some of us, we need to humble ourselves. We've got too big in our boots. Come on, Pastor Paul spoke out of the ache of his heart saying, come on, there's a me-centric Christianity that's rising which about what suits me and what's comfortable for me. I'm telling you, come on, I believe tonight that's going to break off some of us. Come on, we've got so used to it being about, I don't know if I like that song. I don't know if I want that. I don't really like your teaching. Then don't come. Seriously, we're not God. We can't save ourselves. Humble yourself, the Bible says. And He says, He will heal your land. He will heal your heart. He will actually set you free from a place that wants to bound you up and He'll lead you into a place of new freedom. And He says that because He humbled Himself and He became obedient, listen to that word, obedient, even to death on a cross. Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place, gave Him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, come on, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, it's not about me. It's all about Him. Come on, it's not about us. It's all about Him. Come on, it's somebody in this place. Capture it tonight. Look, we've got to get our eyes off us and we've got to put our eyes back on Him. Come on, we've got to lift our eyes up to the one who's worthy of worship, the one who's worthy of our praise, the one who's worthy of us adoring and exalting and lifting up and magnifying. Come on, you're not going to find wholeness anywhere else. You're not going to find hope anywhere else. Joy will not last from anything else. Because <laughs> our God is more than able. He is more than able. And it says here, every knee should bow. It doesn't say that every knee will bow. Why? Because it's our choice. It's my choice whether I bow my knee to His will. It's not Nadia's choice. It's not Pastor Paul's choice for me. It's not your choice on me. It's my choice. And we all have the choice whether we're going to bow our knee and allow God to do what only God can do in our lives. But I'm telling you, we've got a name that's above every name. Come on. 
He wants to do something so significant in your life, not just tonight, but come on, He wants to lead us from a fresh place of surrender, a fresh place of just, God, I adore you, I love you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.